You know, it's a, it's a, the, the Bible is just an amazing book. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is truth. But the Bible is living and active. It's not just words on a page. And I think that what has been a, maybe a discouragement to many of the saints is the perspective that they've developed on the Bible. But this is the living, active Word of God. And you have to take it off the pages as it's written. You have to fill your mind with it, and then it's going to drop in your heart, and when it comes out your mouth, it's going to be the rhema Word of God. That is, it's spoken by a living being. And when we speak God's Word, it's as if God himself spoke it. Because we are uh, joined to God, we are in him, he's in us, the word's in us, the spirit's with and in us, and we're going to just maybe look at some of these things today. But the Bible literally is a document written to us, and it's a document, it says in Isaiah 55 verse 10, God watched, in fact, let me read that to you, just to give you a, a, a taster. Of, of where we're going. So it's Isaiah 55 verse 10 that we'll look at. And when you grasp these truths, you start thinking, what is it that God has given me? You know, am I going to neglect this? And the answer is definitely not. This is what God says about his word. He says, For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect, useless. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Just like the rain comes down and waters the earth and things grow, and we have food, you know, fruit and crops and all sorts of wonderful things that grow. And then we have other things that feed on those and uh, we feed on them. And it's just the whole cycle. But it's literally, that's how the word of God is. God's saying, the rain brings forth shoots and sprouts and life. And his word does exactly the same. The word of God is amazing because it builds us up. It gives us our inheritance it, uh, is, it's our identity document. When we look in this, it's our inheritance written in this book. And you've got to personalize it. So don't think, oh, some things are too hard to understand or some things are too, too weird even. You know, like for instance, in Ephesians 2 verse 6, it says that we've been raised with Christ and we, we've been given joint seat, seating with him in the heavenly realm. So we're sitting in the Godhead. We've got, we sit here on the right-hand side of the Father in Christ. We're his body. Now, so right now, you're sitting here and, uh, on the earth, but the mystical thing is we're also seated in heavenly places in Christ. And it's mystical. Jesus is in me, um, and the Father's in me. Let, let's have a look at that. I just want to blow your brains a bit. Let's go to Colossians. And... The book of Colossians. And verse 9, I'm going to read from. Oh, sorry, chapter 2. 
My my Bible's trained. It just goes where I want it because it's living. You see, it's a living, active thing. Okay, it's Colossians two verse nine, and I love the Amplified because it it gives me even more words to read. So uh, that makes it more exciting. But uh, it's not always fully accurate because you get too many meanings sometimes. All right, so look at verse nine of of Colossians two. It says, in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. That is amazing. So, in Jesus, the full attributes, the full character, and the full personality of God dwells. And look what it says in verse 10. It says, And you are in him, you are made full, and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And some of these things you've got to say, Father, that's too big for me, but I believe it, (laughs) because you said it, and your word is truth. Jesus says in John 17, verse 17, he says, Thy word is truth. Speaking to the Father. So that's good enough for me. If he said it, then it is. So we don't have to argue about that. But he says, we too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. It says we have the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. So now I'm, I'm, I'm getting some of you to think. You need to expand your paradigms. You know, we're going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but let's, let's look at, uh, I think it's Ellen's favorite scripture, it's my one too, Ephesians 3 verse 20. We've got to increase our expectation of God. We have to be growing in God. We have to be going from glory to glory with Christ being more and more manifest in and through us. So look at Ephesians 3 verse 20. We'll just give you this one. It says, just this, this whole prayer of, um, from verse 16 onwards, where it's speaking about the love of God, that you may be reinforced with power, and you may grasp the height, the width, the depth, the, length, the, the breadth of the love of God. And then he goes on in verse 19, he says, that you may become wholly filled and flooded with God, And you'll have the richest measure of his divine presence. And then look what it says in verse 20. It says, Now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we ask, think, um, beyond, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, dreams, imaginations. He's way beyond that. We're talking about in our human capacity. But in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. So let's just let, let the word speak to you now. I want to break the realms of limitation so that when you see what God's saying in his word, you say, yes, Lord, that's me. I receive it. Yes, Lord, that's me. I take it. Yes, Lord, that's for me. Because this word is for you. As we look into this word, we become the word. 
Do you know that it says in, in Hebrews 10 that Jesus searched the scriptures to see what was written of him. And that is what he became. And it's the same with us. And we can see that in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we won't go there now. So let's go to John 14. And let's see what Jesus says. Um, uh, am I in John 14? Yes. Okay, 16. John 14, 16. So he says here, I will ask the Father. Now we know that Jesus was getting ready now to move into the second stage of his ministry. So he was preparing his disciples for his going. And we'll see the same thing in John 16, 7. We'll go and read that now. But in John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And then the names of the Holy Spirit are unpacked. And really, you know, when God says, I am, he's saying, I am whatever you need me to be. I'm the all-sufficient one. And it's the same with the Spirit. So in his names is what he does. So he says here, I will ask at the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, and then in brackets, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take to its heart, because it does not see him or know or recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So that's a fact. That's, Jesus didn't say, this might happen, or it's going to happen to a select few. It's basically for every single person. So the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, and standby is with you and in you. So let's just see what some of these things are. Do you think that would be helpful? So let's look at uh, uh, what does God say about comfort. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God says, pay attention. This is important. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll read from verse 3. Shall I wait for Alan or just keep going? Yeah, we don't want that record. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3. Here the button's going. All right, let me read it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy, and the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement, who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we also may be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress, with the comfort and encouragement which we ourselves are comforted, consoled, and encouraged by God. So in other words, if you haven't got something, you can't give it away. But isn't that amazing? When, when you read those words as they come out in the, in the Amplified Bible, God is aware of every single thing that happens. And we are not to feel alone or isolated or... Um, in, in, in any way, uh, sort things out on our own. Carry burdens and carry loads because the comforter consoles, comforts, encourages 
in every situation that would cause us grief or sorrow or press down on us. So let's just, just raise your hands right now. We say, Father, thank you. That I pray, you just receive. Father, thank you that you've left the Spirit with us, the Comforter. That he comforts, he consoles, he encourages. Thank you, Father. You have pity and sympathy. And right now we receive that comfort from your Spirit. We just draw. Just draw. Thank you, Father. Right now, your word says that where the Spirit is Lord, there's liberty. Right now, heavy weights of grief, heavy weights of regret, heavy weights of stress and pain are lifted off every single one here. We just declare, Holy Spirit, you're Lord in this place right now. And where you are Lord, there's, there's liberty. So we thank you. Thank you for that ministry, Lord. So, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He does, he's our comforter. And I'm back in, <laughs> I should have left my paper in there. Any, uh, John 14, uh, that's where we're reading from, verse 16. All right, we can, we can read a bit more about him. Let's go to John 16, verse 7. Jesus speaking to the disciples now. He says, However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I do go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in and with you in close fellowship. Isn't that amazing? So you would think when, when Jesus was looking at um, leaving the, the uh, apostles, there he was, he was healing all the sick on so many occasions, and he was comforting, he was bringing the word of God, he was raising the dead, he was doing all the works of God, and uh, then he says, it's for your good that I go away. But you see, the problem was that only a few people could be in close, close, close relationship with Jesus because he was in bodily form, as we've just read in Colossians 2 verse 9. He was the exact representation of the Godhead, but he was in bodily form, so he was in one place. So he says now, I will go away. So the comforter, it's to your advantage, the comforter, the intercessor can come. So people, in a way, if you're not looking to the Holy Spirit to bring the comfort of God, and as I say, you just, you just raise your hands and you say, I take that comfort, because that's your blessing. If you read Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says every blessing is given us in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So we can latch onto that and we can take it. And anything that God, God's given us in his will, we can have the full confidence that when we, and you can read 1 John 5 14, it says this is the confidence we have 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and our petitions are granted. So let's start finding out what it is that God's given us and start praying those things and start seeing every prayer answered. You know, it says in the word, in James 5.16, it says, uh, in the last half of that verse, it says, the prayers of a righteous man, and in the Amplified it says, heartfelt continued prayer makes great power available. So now, you know, we hear people saying, oh, I tried praying, it doesn't work, nothing happens. We, we mustn't talk like that, because we are now not in agreement with the Word of God. The Word of God says, every prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes great power available. But there is a proviso. And the proviso is we are asking according to his will. So that's why I'm saying to you, this is your inheritance, this, this book. When you find out all the things that are there, you can ask for any of those. Every blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. So would you agree it's, it's, it's God's will that we ask for comfort? Okay, so you, anytime you're feeling that grief, you, you can, or anytime you see someone who's feeling grief and needs comfort, whether it's a child, whether it's an adult, if there's something traumatic that's happened, you just release, lay hands on them and just say, I just release the comfort of God to you right now. Receive it, receive it. See, we have to receive. God doesn't push things on people. He says, you must want it. Take it. It's yours. And in English, uh, it says, you know, when you receive the Spirit, you will receive power in Acts 1 verse 8. Actually, what, what is actually being said is, when you take the Spirit, when you seize and carry off as your own the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. So it's much more active, this receiving, than the Word would seem to suggest. It's just too uh, watered down, the word receive. It's more violent. It's more active. So let's see what else he does. So he says, he calls him the comforter, the counselor. So the counselor, uh, if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor will not come. What is it about the word of God? Now, John 6.63, when Jesus was speaking, he said, the word I speak is spirit and life. So you actually are receiving spirit into you when you ingest the word, when you feed on the word, when you allow it to come into you. And what happens then when the word comes into you? Psalm 119 verse 130 says, the entrance of the word brings light. Now, if let's say you, you are in a situation and you need to know how to ne negotiate through it, whether it's career decisions, whether it's uh, spiritual things or whether it's spiritual ministry, whatever it is, isn't it much better to have light on the subject? If you've got to go through a, through a dark room, say for instance, and you've got to negotiate and you know there's chairs and tables all over and you're in a, a hurry to get to the other side, the obvious thing is turn on the light and then you can easily negotiate. And this is the counsel that God brings. He brings light. The Spirit is the Word, as well as Jesus. He's the Spirit of truth. And Jesus said, the Word I speak is Spirit and life. 
So that's another way to receive the counsel of God. And you can go down and read in Proverbs 4 about, you know, search out wisdom and understanding, etc. It's in the Word of God. It's there for you. So let's, let's see. What else? So that's how you, you, you get uh, counsel. The comforter, the counselor. What about the helper? Now, again, it's, it's, it's in what you're doing. God is concerned about every aspect of your life. Remember, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you have life and have it in abundance. Now, what, that means it's the Zoe life, the God life. But that means prosperity. It's, it's the shalom of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's heart peace. It's, 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 it's mind peace. Um, and it's success and blessing on the work of your hands. So this is what, what, what we're wanting. And the helper is helping us to do these things. It's, when I say the helper, there's times when I feel like I've got the wind at my back and I'm just being blown along. I need to speak to someone. And guess what? I either see them in the shop or they phone me. And I don't have to rustle up the energy to go uh, looking for them. And it's just amazing how things just work to the good. You just are in the right place at the right time when God's helping you. What, What is it about the helper? Let's just look at Hebrews 13. And we'll look from verse 5. Just look at this. You must start... And and see what the word instructs you here. Okay, it says here, the beginning of verse 5, let your character be free from the love of money, um, including craving for earthly possessions, be satisfied with your present circumstances. And why God is saying something like that is not because he doesn't want you to have things. It's because if you're really agitated about getting things, you won't be in a place of heart peace. So that's why it says, be content with what you got and the blessings of God with, will, will, will add into your life without sorrow. God loves blessing us. So it says, and then he says, be satisfied with your present circumstances. For God himself has said, this is now repeated three times, I will not in any way fail uh, you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. How much more straight can, can, can we get it than that? God is not going to let his hold of you. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to leave you. He says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not in any degree, leave you helpless. So stop the anxiety. You know, that's why it says in Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, be anxious about nothing. But it says, but with a petition and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Again, you ask him for the things he's given you. He's, he's given you good things, so you need to dig out what they are. All right. So look at verse 6 of Hebrews 13. It says, So we take comfort, all right, so I could have included this in comfort, and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. How do you like that? When you have 
what seems to be an overwhelming situation, you just look to your side and you say, wow, the Lord is my helper. The God of heaven and earth is my helper. The Spirit of of God is with me. He's in me and he's my helper. You don't need to be. So look what it says. It says, so we take comfort, verse 6, and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, these are the things that we have to declare. Why do we say them? Because as we say the word of God, God is watching over the word, and he wrote it there, and also we are hearing the word of God. God. We are speaking comfort to ourselves. And so we don't get alarmed. And so he says, the Lord, I will say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? How's that for a helper? The Lord is my helper. That's it. The Lord is my helper. I shall succeed because the Lord is my helper. The Lord is the wind in my sails. The Lord is at my right hand. The Lord is my counsel. The Lord, the Lord is my strength, etc. So I say these things of the Spirit of God. Let's move on to another one. I hope you're getting excited about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, um, where was it? John 7, okay. So, uh, verse 7, 16, 7. So he's comforter, counselor, helper. And then the next one, what is he? Advocate. What is an advocate? An advocate is someone when you go to court, um, if you take an advocate, you've got the highest representation in the courtroom. Now, what happens um, when you take an advocate? You sit down and he says, all right, this is what you're going to say. This is when you're going to stand. He shows you exactly what to do, not so. So why do we need an advocate? Good question. Go to Romans 8.26. The Lord is my advocate. You, we can't lose. We can't lose. He'll win every case. He's God. He has perfect knowledge, perfect power, and he's, 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 he's so in love with you that uh, he'll do anything to, to move you. But it must be done correctly. So let's have a look. Verse 26. Romans 8, verse 26. It says, So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. Okay, here he's helper, and he bears us up in our weakness. Okay, so what's that saying? We don't many times know all the facts. We, we just have, a, a, unfortunately, sometimes and most times, up until now, hopefully it'll change, we resort to a human perspective as we are dealing with situations, as we are dealing with people, as we're praying for people, as we're praying for ourselves. We don't fully understand the future. Because you see, it says that we are God's work. If you read Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, we are God's workmanship recreated in Christ. It's, and it's to live the good life that he's prepared beforehand for us and to walk in paths that he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in. So often we, we, we haven't fully grasped that. And that's why we need the Spirit to lead us. So those who are led, the sons of God, those that led of the Spirit are the sons of God. So you can read that. It's also in Romans 8, just one page back. So I'm looking here. Um, it says, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. So it's in our uh, inability to do the job. He bears us up in our weakness. He strengthens us. 
And we'll get to that. So I won't spoil the fun on that one. But that's exactly what he does. He, he strengthens us. For we do not know what prayer to offer. Now this is Paul the Apostle writing this. So if you rely fully on your own prayers that are, that are coming from a human perspective and not from a godly perspective, you need to shift and you need to say, I'm going to expand. I'm going to expand in my understanding of God. I'm going to expand in my thinking and, and realization of the ministry of the Spirit. We don't know what prayer to offer. Sometimes we do, but generally not. And look what else it says. We don't know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily. How do you present the prayer? How do you present your case in court? The advocate does it, doesn't he? He pleads your case. And look what happens. It says, so we don't know how to present this, this, this prayer worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf. He pleads the case before the throne um, of heaven. And it says, with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. It's a different dimension. You know, if, if I can go to court with an advocate, I'm never going to go on my own. And it's the same with prayer. Don't just snap off prayers. Just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're my advocate. You're my strengthener. You're my helper. You've just seen three things he does there. He comes to your aid, so he strengthens you, he helps you, and he's your advocate. He pleads your case. And look what it says. If you read down uh, the end of Psalm, uh, of, of Verse 27, it says, The Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints. On behalf of the saints, my advocate is pleading my case on behalf of me, according to and in harmony with God's will. So I know every prayer that's in God's will, he hears. In fact, I'm going to read that to you. 1 John 5, 14. Because I'm, I'm not saying the, the full Okay, this is it. This is the confidence, the assurance, the boldness we have in him. We are sure if we ask anything according to his will, in agreement with his plan, he listens to us and hears us. And since we know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. We get Everything we ask for, if, if we have that confidence, that assurance that it's according to his will. Well, if our helper and advocate is, is, is in, in the act with us, that's going to be a dead cert. It's going to be a 100% tick rate for your prayer life. All right, so let's move on. I'm telling you if, you, if you, if I do not go away, the comforter, I'm back in John 16:7, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor, so he's intercessor as well. And we can see this in Ephesians 6 verse 18. Should we, should we have a look? And why, why do we want the spirit to be intercessor? Because it says intercession normally is for others. We can intercede for ourselves. But we don't always know what to pray. So it says here, Ephesians 6 verse 18. It says, pray at all times. On every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. You 
You see that? The spirit is intercessor. With all manner of prayer and entreaty, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of the saints. I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know if, if, if I was to pick an individual in the congregation here. I don't know what you're facing. I, I don't fully grasp what God's plan for you. But when I pray in the Spirit, with the Spirit, it says the Spirit searches, if you go to 1 Corinthians 2, and it's probably about verse 9 or so, it says the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man? And it says in the same way, the Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. What a powerful thing. Powerful. So he's intercessor. So he's comforter, he's counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor. What about strengthener? That's another one. We're nearly, we're nearly done. Strengthener. Well, I go back to Ephesians 6 and I look at verse 10. This is what it says. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. So it says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, it says, if you join yourself to the Lord, you're one spirit with him. These are things that we got as the saints. That's a privilege that we have. God says, join yourself to me. In Ephesians 5.31, it speaks about the mystery of a man leaving his mother and father and being joined to his wife. And it says, this is a very great mystery, writes Paul. But he says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. We are one spirit, just like a man and a woman become one. And out of that, there's conception and there's fruitfulness that will come out of that. Same thing happens to us in God. We are one spirit with him. So we can draw our strength from our union with him. Look at Romans 8 verse 11. I'm taking you backwards and forwards. Romans 8 verse 11 says this. If the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Quickening power, that's the same thing. He's a strengthener. And he, this morning when I, when I woke up, we told Mary Ellen, I, we didn't really tell anyone else, we both woke up, we had a terrible night because my brothers got these dogs and there was lightning, they sleep inside, and there was some severe lightning where we were and crashes and bashes and loud rumblings. And um, they were running around going nuts. And uh, so we were awake. A lot of the time last night, we woke up with quite bad migraines. We haven't had that for ages. But I knew that's spiritual warfare. And so we just got into the Word, just saying, God, you know, how, how do we um, minister today with migraines? I was like virtually battling to even focus my eyes. And um, so we started. It was still like that when I came this morning, but diminished a lot. And then we worshipped. I said to Mary Ellen, I'm going to worship. And because uh, she said that 
there's a spirit of religion that attacks you because we were speaking about healing. And these things do happen. But you know what it says in 1 James 4 verse 7? It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And what has happened now is the spirit of God has quickened me, and uh, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to roll. (laughs) So you see that. It says there, if the spirit of him who raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken you. Uh, That's what some translations say. He will quicken you. They use that word. And it's like, you know those uh, little rabbits that all had the different batteries in them and some went soft or stopped moving. And the one, I don't know which one it was, but Duracell, that's the one. And the rabbit just kept moving. And you think, he's a quick rabbit. And that's how we are. We are quickened by the power of God. So we are strengthened by God. So I didn't leave my paper in there again. Go back to John 16. I'm, I'm trying my best to stay on one text here. Okay, so, <laughs> so he says this. If I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and now we've got one left, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. It's like having Jesus in and with you. That's the mystery of the gospel, Paul writes in Colossians 1. Christ in and with us. And so he's in and with us. And definitely the Holy Spirit, uh, just the last thing there with the the strength. If you look at um, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24. I just thought of that one too, which is also... 1 Corinthians 1, 24. So you're getting Bible uh, study now. Okay, what does 1 Corinthians 1, 24 say? It says, To those who are called, whether Jew or Greek, Christ is the power of God and wisdom of God. And where is he? He's in us. You look at Galatians 2, verse 20. Look what Paul writes. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. And he says, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body. I live, and the correct translation is, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This one says, I live by faith in the Son of God. So it's, we live by God's faith. Because our faith comes from the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And it's God's word, so it's God's faith. To me, that's pretty obvious. So, so there you have it. We have Christ living in us, and this is the strength. And that's why Ephesians 3 verse 20, when we have the power of God in us, it says he is able to do, do beyond what we ask, think, or even imagine, uh, according to our highest prayers and imaginations, according to his power at work in us. You see that? And that's Christ. So let's, let's do the last one now. Stand by. So he's our strengthener. What about stand by? Isn't it so often that we've got situations we're facing and they, they kind of can almost wear you down. 
you're facing the same thing. It might be pain. It might be trauma in a relationship. It might be harassment at work. It could be anything. But it's an ongoing thing. It just never seems to change. Not so. And uh, there's a couple of things that Paul writes about that. But if we look at, um, again, the, the, the Ephesians 6 about standing. Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done all to stand, you pick up the, you put on the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, pick up the shield of faith. Let's just look for that. Ephesians 6. Okay, so verse 13 speaks about the armor of God. And verse 14 says, stand, hold your ground. And you need assistance. And it's like he stands with you. And he says, you can do it. You can do it. Just stand, stand, stand. So look what it says here. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. And having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. Stand your ground. What, the belt of truth is you are more than a conqueror. Anything it says in, in, in 1 John is it 5, it says anything born of God overcomes the world. You're going to win. But you need, you need endurance. You see that? You need to be able to stand. And when we, do, when we do stand, if you look at Hebrews 10.35, let's just, well, hang on, I'll just read that scripture from 1 John for you. So, oh yeah, that's verse 4. 1 John 5.4, it says, Whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. You have to stand and persevere. You need a standby. Isn't it nice if you have a friend who comes and says, I'm standing with you in this thing. You're going to come through and they encourage you. Well, that's it. God does that. The Holy Spirit He's your standby. He's standing with you. But often we don't look there next to us to see who's with us. And we don't, we don't grasp the power of that. But look what it says in Hebrews 10.35. If we will stand and hold our ground. This is what it says in Hebrews 10.35. It says, Do not fling away your fearless confidence. It carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. You will receive what you're standing for. It says, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. I like that. So if I know that I've got someone standing with me, and even if it's taken a long time, I refuse to get discouraged because I think I've got my eye on the prize. Because that is, is, is certain. The prize is certain. Because you know if you've asked God something according to his will, you can have full confidence he's, he, he's listening to you, and because he's listened to you and heard you, he's granted you your petition. So we've got to learn to close the gap between asking and we've got to learn the process in the spirit of receiving. But, and and it's, it's that time between receiving and, and the manifestation of what we've received. Because in the spirit, we receive 
when we ask. That's why it says in Philippians 4, it says, present your petitions with thanksgiving. Why? Because as you ask, if you know that you've asked according to his will, and the more you learn the scriptures, it's very easy to know what his will is. Think of Romans 12, verse 2. It says, uh, it says um, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, so you may prove what is the good and perfect and pleasing will of God. So it's back to the word. The word's going to change you. The word's going to conform you to the image of Christ, and it's going to give you the wisdom and understanding to know what he wants to give you. But it's that gap between receiving and the thing manifesting. So you receive it in the spirit. When we ask in the spirit, things come immediately. That's why it says, present your petitions with thanksgiving, because you've got it already. You haven't seen it, but your thanksgiving is saying, Lord, I have full faith that you've heard me, because your word says you're listening to me, because I've asked according to your will, and I thank you, you've granted to me, because your word says that you will, and so I'm now in a place where I'm thanking you for it. That seems like it, it is blind in terms of natural wisdom and understanding, but it makes perfect sense in the realm of the Spirit. Um, another example of that would be Jesus. If we go to Mark 11, verse 24. Let, let me just read that to you and then we'll close. Is that okay? Mark 11, verse 24, says this. Jesus has just spoken about the fig tree, and he's spoken about uh, speaking to mountains and getting them to move, but we won't look at that. We'll look at his next uh, statement. Verse 24, he says, after he's told them about moving mountains, he says, for this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and be confident it's granted you. And you will get it. But that, that looks very simple. But there's sometimes a gap between when, when you've believed and received. So, so I will say, Father, I thank you that you've met my needs. We, we've got bills to pay or whatever. I thank you, Father, that you are my source, you're my provision. And I thank you that even as we ask, we receive now in Jesus' name. And you might see nothing's changed. I remember I used to, I used to run a, a business, and we seemed to have more months than money. And um, what would happen was I would say, Lord, I, I, I've got creditors, I've got rents to pay, I've got wages to pay. I'm asking you, I'm asking you for, for money. And, uh, and then this peace would just come on me. And you can see that in Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, present your petitions with thanksgiving. It says, and the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind. And in the Amplified, it says, garrison about you. So I just get peace. And this went on for about three months. I get peace. Somehow we, we make it each month, but not to my satisfaction. And then uh, eventually I say, God, Father, I didn't ask for peace. I asked for money. <laughs> so, and then he... Eventually, I learned the peace of God is your title deed to whatever you ask. He's heard you. He gives you peace. And then you, you've got to then be able to stand. But you'll have your standby with you. And as Hebrews 10.35 says, you won't cast away your confidence, but you will stand and you will stand. You, you, you will keep believing 
and then your um, endurance. You need endurance, but when you endure, then you're going to receive and carry away the reward to the full. Okay, so that's, if I just go through it again, I'll read all the names of the Holy Spirit to you, and then uh, let's pray. He says, I'm telling you the truth when I say, it is good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send them to you to be in and and with you, basically, in close fellowship with you. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? It basically addresses everything that we need. You know, it says in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge. Of Jesus Christ. And this is what he's given us. And this is who the person of the spirit is. Sometimes so ignored. And so in a way. Not looked to. And not drawn upon. So can we pray now? Father we are so grateful. For your spirit. The spirit of God. The spirit of the living God. For all these wonderful things he does. The comfort. The strength the help, our advocate, intercessor, standby, Lord, counsel, comfort, yes. So I thank you, Father, that every single person right now can just look to your spirit and, Lord, just receive this revelation. Just know that he's in and with them. He's your spirit these wonderful things he does so holy spirit we thank you for your ministry the way you make god real to us the word real the way you help us to walk that you actually lead us the sons of god are those who are led of the spirit and you lead us you bear witness holy spirit with our spirits that we are sons of god you're the spirit of truth jesus called you we recognize the life and the word as you illuminate and show us the way. We're so glad you're here with us. We're so thankful you're with us. So, I thank you right now, Lord. You just minister where any of these things are pressing issues in people's lives that no one will leave here today still carrying burdens or heartaches or confusion or... Lord, but that each would have the light and life that you bring, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And that the Father would be real. We have access to the Father by the Spirit. We have access to the blessings by the Spirit. We have access to worship by the Spirit, to prayer by the Spirit. 